Hello, full-time listeners. I'm Alex Abnos. I'm one of Meg Linehan's editors at The Athletic, and I'm also the host of Soccer Every Day, a daily podcast that gets you ready for what's ahead in the next 24 hours of soccer. Our show pops up in our feed every weekday morning, and within about 20 minutes or less, our aim is to fill you in on what games to watch that day, give you some important news to know, and have a brief discussion from one of our writers here at The Athletic. There is a lot of soccer out there, as you may know, so we try to simplify it. And yes, we cover women's soccer regularly. Today's episode features someone you're probably familiar with, Meg Linehan. We're going to share it with you now. If you like the show, please do subscribe. We're available on The Athletic and wherever you're listening to this podcast. Just search for Soccer Every Day. The NWSL Challenge Cup is just a few games old, but just in the past week, there have been three separate season-ending injuries to major players that could impact those players' clubs and their national teams, including the U.S. women's national team. Meg Linehan is here to tell us all about it. Also, tonight is the last night of the CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. We'll give you a quick guide to that. I'm Alex Abnos from The Athletic, and this is Soccer Every Day for Wednesday, March 30th. First, as usual, it's your TV guide for today. All times are Eastern, and the first games of the day happen in the UEFA Women's Champions League at 12.45 p.m. Barcelona versus Real Madrid. This is in the quarterfinal stage, and we're in the second leg now. Barcelona came back for a 3-1 win in the first leg of this one, so Real Madrid has a bit of a mountain to climb. And then at 3 p.m., PSG versus Bayern Munich. PSG is up 2-1 from the first leg. Both of those games are for free on YouTube via DAZN. Uh, There is, of course, World Cup qualifying. As I mentioned uh, today, it is the championship game at 1 p.m. for the Oceania region. The winner of this game will go on to face the fourth place team in CONCACAF, which is very likely to be Costa Rica, barring a truly historic set of results uh, in the CONCACAF region tonight. In any case, this particular game in the Oceania region starts at 1 p.m. It's on 11 Sports, which you can find online or perhaps on your streaming box of choice. Uh, Solomon Islands versus New Zealand. New Zealand, the heavy favorites in this one. But Solomon Islands should be the choice if you really, really, really want to see a debutante in this year's World Cup. Every other team that could possibly make the tournament at this point has been there before. The Solomon Islands have never been there before. So I don't know. If you're a fan of new things, go Solomon Islands. In the CONCACAF region, all the games start at 9.05 p.m. They're all on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, some of them are on Telemundo Deportes. Mexico versus El Salvador is on Tude Ene. And Costa Rica versus the United States is also on CBS Sports Network. Two of the games are relatively meaningless. Panama hosting Canada and Jamaica hosting Honduras. Jamaica and Honduras are both already eliminated. Canada has already qualified and Panama is eliminated. So that that leaves Mexico versus El Salvador. Basically, Mexico can't lose and have Costa Rica somehow make up their four-goal differential. So, for example, if Mexico were to lose this game against El Salvador 3-0 and then Costa Rica won their game against the United States 2-0, that would mean Mexico would go to the playoff against New Zealand or the Solomon Islands. Uh, That seems very unlikely, but it's just one possible scenario. Of course, the other game is Costa Rica hosting the U.S. men's national team. The U.S. will qualify for the World Cup so long as they don't lose by six goals. So keep your fingers crossed for that. Uh, One note is that there are several important Costa Rica players that are on yellow cards for this game, and 
if they were to get a second yellow card, they would have a suspension, which would carry over into the intercontinental playoff. Uh, bear in mind, these are yellow cards that have been issued throughout the entirety of the CONCACAF octagonal. So it's over a long period of time. Seems pretty harsh to have those carry over for such a long time, but that's just the way it is. Anyway, all those games kick off at 9.05 p.m. If you're in the mood for some NWSL action, which we'll talk to uh, Meg a little bit more about that here in a second, uh, there are plenty of games on tonight at 7 p.m. Orlando Pride vs. New York, New Jersey, Gotham FC. That's on Paramount Plus. 7.30 p.m. The Spirit versus North Carolina Courage. Also on Paramount Plus. Also at 7.30 p.m. Chicago Red Stars vs. Racing Louisville. 8.30 p.m. Houston Dash vs. Kansas City Current. And at 10 p.m. Portland Thorns vs. Angel City. Meg Linehan chose one of those games to keep an eye on tonight, but I'm going to keep that one a secret until we actually talk to her starting right now. Okay, I have here Meg Linehan with me. And Meg, it's been an interesting start to the NWSL season. It's actually not the full NWSL season yet. where It's just the Challenge Cup. But in addition to some absolutely wild uh, on and off field things uh, happening around the league, we've also had some really, frankly, pretty awful stories in terms of injuries because these are all players that we would like to see playing before the season started. Angel City's Sarah Gordon suffered a knee injury that will, quote, keep her out of competition for a period of time. Marta, the Brazilian superstar, suffered a season-ending knee ligaments injury. Tierna Davidson for the Chicago Red Stars and uh, U.S. Women's National Team, ACL, out for the year. And Lynn Williams with an acute leg injury out for the Kansas City Current, out for the Women's National Team for the remainder of the season, anyway. Uh, so I'm, we're going to go through each of these sort of three injuries and the impacts on their clubs and their national teams. But before we get there, Meg, can we talk about the characterization of some of these injuries? Like, I don't mean to just be, you know, using the standards of other sports leagues for the NWSL, which is different, but it seems like the lack of specificity for some of these injuries, major injuries is a little, it's uh, weird. It's know, weird. Unusual. We can just say that it's weird. It, yeah. The way that some of the language, because we used to get updates pretty regularly saying like, this is what happened. I mean, like you even look at the way that Portland Thorns reported Becky Sauerbrunn was going to miss the Challenge Cup, right? It was she had surgery to repair a torn meniscus. They told us what knee it was. They said she'll be back for the start of the regular season. That's the plan, right? And so what we're used to is getting, right. you know, the the specific body part, the ligament in question, right? It, and it's not even, <laughs> right. you know, necessarily, I would like to think that these players aren't thinking that this is some kind of invasion of medical privacy, but at the same time, like that is an element of this that allows fans and media to have an accurate idea of what players are going to be available and when. And, you know, maybe it's just because there is not maybe the element of betting or fantasy in this league that NWCL can still kind of get away with this. But I mean, you're talking about, you know, we've had language, acute leg injury out for a period of time. Like we're right. not, we're, we're sliding away from kind of the standard that the league had already been at. And I don't even know what to point to and say like, when did, where, where did this come from all of a sudden? But it, it has really jumped out this and week particularly. And it, and it seems like it's actually just kind of encouraging more speculation. Like, for just 
for an example, Marta's season-ending knee ligaments injury. There are a lot of ligaments in your knee. Uh, there are only maybe two or three of them, an injury to which could end your season. Uh, now we're just now we're speculating as to whether it's an ACL or a PCL or something like that. Right. You know, it, it kind of creates this, this kind of strange situation. Do you see this? You know, what what do you think would need to happen for this to change anytime soon? And is this something that you think anybody besides you and me, the people <laughs> that cover and and people that cover NWL? I really care about. I mean, I do think like it's this kind of smaller detail stuff that really does start to add up, right? Just in terms of, again, like you, I think you want fans to trust the information that they're being presented with at any given time. And it makes, it does make media coverage harder. But I mean, that's the question, right? Is, is there really some sort of enforcement that you can point to? And in Marta's case, right, she made the announcement herself. I do believe that Orlando Pride is going to make a more formal update but i do think it's you know it's a player's body right if they want to announce it first and and phrase it however they would like i'm perfectly comfortable with that but then i do think that there should be the expectation that the team is going to follow up and say you know that there has been this kind of medical uh check that has been performed right (laughs) like we have done everything well and especially now like with the actual um the cba for nwsl like actually kind of forcing clubs to make sure that they have the option for players to have second opinions about medical issues and stuff like that. The the standards have been increased. And I think we kind of need to see that on the public side of things as well. Well, let's get away from uh, this sort of inside baseball, inside media, inside injury designations chat and to these injuries themselves. Part of the, of course, uh, the, the overall thrust of the story is that these three injuries all happened within about a week of each other. They're all season ending injuries. They're all happening in the challenge cup, which is of course sort of unfortunate given that the challenge cup doesn't mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of the larger NWSL season. But let's just go kind of chronologically through these. I want to hear from you, Meg, about what these absences will mean both for these players, club teams and for their national teams, because all of them are national team players starting of course with Marta, you know, she needs no introduction. Yeah. Uh, what does her absence mean for the pride and for Brazil? I mean, I can't, I, I do want to preface this by saying it's really hard for me to be impartial and objective about Marta because she has been like such a formative player, both in terms of my coverage, but also just watching the game, like watching Marta in person from field level was one yeah. of the closest experiences I've had to a like religious moment while watching soccer. Um, yep. It's, uh, for Orlando, I, I don't – all three of these injuries that, that hit this week are big, like, team-altering injuries, but Marta in Orlando, especially this version of the Orlando Pride right at the moment, she is the heart and soul of that team right at the moment, truly, and captain now for 2022, and to suddenly remove her entirely from that midfield, right? Like, I think everybody can kind of admit, like, Marta is not necessarily the same player that she was at the the peak of her career, But in terms of a player who can suddenly take over a game, who is going to be just, you know, essentially the quarterback of the pride, like they they do not have a player that's going to step into that role right at the moment. And if you want to talk about teams that are going to be looking in terms of like, we have to come up with a solution right off the bat. I think Orlando is in the worst position of these three teams to account for a loss of this magnitude. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that she's obviously, you know, not quite in her prime anymore, but she's still an important player for Brazil. Yeah. Do they have, you know, what's on their schedule coming up uh, this summer, this year? 
Uh, and is her loss going to be felt on, on that level? I mean, I think Brazil is going to be in an interesting situation as well. They played in, you know, every... Now a lot of countries are doing that kind of four-team tournament situation in the February window. They went to France for theirs. Brazil scored two goals. Marta scored both of them. <laughs> um, so it's not like they aren't still relying on her to be a major part of that team. But, you know, again, like I've written about Dabinia, right, and and some of these other players that are coming up and, and going to be, you know, they're already the present of the Brazil national team, but now the weight is going to be on. Um, the good news for Brazil is that when they go through World Cup qualifying this summer in their tournament, that – uh, Comnabal gets three spots plus two more for the new international play-in uh, tournament that will qualify teams for the 2023 World Cup. So they do have a little bit of wiggle room, right? Like it is still a huge loss, but I think in terms of the competition for that they're looking at for World Cup qualifying, like three guaranteed spots, two for the play-in, like that, that's going to give them some leeway to to get through that tournament. Let's move on to Tierna Davidson, who has the most specific uh, injury designation of all these people. Uh, it's an ACL injury. We have a rough timetable of what that'll be like. Um, what does this mean for the Red Stars and for the U.S. Women's National Team, which are kind of in a, in the middle of trying to change generations right now? And Tierna Davidson was seemingly going to be a part of that. Yeah, I mean, Tierna Davidson is a real leader for the Chicago Red Stars, and I think you know, I talked to her at the NWSL championship last year and I, I remember just kind of we were chatting, not even really for a story or anything, but I was just like, how are you holding up? Like, are you tired? And she was just like, yeah, like, I think we've all, we're all ready for the season to end, right? And, you know, this is, I, I think the same conversation we're going to about to have with Lynn is just in terms of player workload, right? And how the national team players and NWSL, like how all of these responsibilities are overlapping it is a big loss for the Red Stars. I mean, this is, you know, your starting center back, like kind of the heart of the back line. But I think it's a little bit more favorable to them in terms of how they can handle it. I think also for a lot of these teams, they're kind of used to figuring out like, okay, we have a backup plan for when U.S. national team players are gone. And so there's going to be a little bit more in place here. And Tierna Davidson has been with this team since the beginning. So I think... Chicago of the three is probably in the best shape. Uh, you mentioned Lynn Williams, so let's just go straight on to her. Uh, newly acquired Kansas City current uh, forward. I, I'm sure that you know the current was counting on her to supply a steady supply of goals as she has for the North Carolina Courage for so many years. That's not going to happen this year, unfortunately. What do you think the current can do uh, having already lost their primary scoring option uh, and what does this mean for her status with the national team? Yeah, I mean, I think the Lynn news really hit hard today. Um, again, just because, you know, a day full of injury news and then to have Lynn Williams on top of it. But I, I mean, the current are in a weird spot, right? Like you go out and you make these very specific big signings in Sam Mewis and Lynn Williams, right? You you can depend on their existing chemistry too. And then mm -hmm. to lose one of those two marquee players, like in the first game of the challenge cup um it just like it it feels to me like that's kind of the mood of this entire week of injuries so far too is just like how senseless this feels like we're, we're doing it for this <laughs> okay. okay um and so i think 
the the good thing for the current is Kristen Hamilton, I think, is still very underrated as a goal scorer in this league. She can come up with a like a very sizable contribution, right, for the current. Haley Mace, I think, has also really shown her quality. Um, so it, they have some pieces there, but like the whole intent was Lynn Williams, star striker for the Kansas City current, and that is now out the window. I do think the more kind of interesting conversation is just like I, I expected Lynn Williams to get a lot more time this summer with the U.S. Women's National Team as part of qualifying. And the factor here for the U.S. Women's National Team is that this CONCACAF tournament that's happening this summer serves as the qualifier for both the World Cup and the Olympics. So there is real weight on this tournament and their performance. And now Vlako Andonovsky has Tierna Davidson and Lynn Williams both missing it. And that's he's not going to be able to take his best roster. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what he does. There's certainly, you know, hardly ever a shortage of talent <laughs> at, at those positions for the U S but, uh, those are two players we were, I'm, I'm sure looking forward to seeing getting some time, uh, moving on from sort of the, the sad news of these injuries to the games that are coming up. The challenge cup is still going on and we have a bunch of games tonight. Meg, you wanted to point out, one game in particular happening tonight and then one game happening this weekend. Tonight's is at 7.30 p.m. The Washington Spirit hosting the North Carolina Courage. That'll be on Paramount Plus. That's 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, why did you pick out this game among among the full slate of, uh, of teams that are playing tonight? Yeah, I mean, it's the top two teams in the East Division. I mean, it's a little silly to say that when these these divisions have four teams, but I I think the North Carolina yeah. has really exceeded expectations so far. They have not lost. They have been scoring goals. They also really are loving this whole thing where they put defenders up on the forward line, which I just, I think we're all delighted to watch and just see this experiment happen. Um, it's also, I think, the rise of Brianna Pinto in terms of her new time with the the North Carolina Courage and seeing her kind of immediately play a much larger role with the Courage has been really exciting to see. But, you know, the Spirit have really, they've had two games, right? And they have dominated both of those games and then only walked away scoring one goal and having two draws. And so... It's going to be really interesting to see if they're they're able to finally like turn on the goal scoring part of this. And so I think in terms of we've got so many games coming up this week, this is actually, I think, truly going to be not just the best quality game, but one of the more interesting ones in terms of the development of this team, these teams at this point in the year. And then the second game you wanted to point out is on Saturday, San Diego Wave hosting Angel City, that is on big CBS at 4 p.m. Obviously, these are the two expansion teams. They're the two biggest offseason stories. They have so many big names on the rosters and on the sidelines and in the and in the, the boardrooms or front office, uh, what have you. Uh, how do you think these teams are going to match up with each other on the field based on what we've seen in the Challenge Cup so far? Yeah, I mean, they've played each other, right? Uh, Angel City's home opener. Um, but I... I one of the best parts of that first match against each other was watching Kristen Press uh, go up against Kaylin Sheridan, the goalkeeper for San Diego Wave. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Um, San Diego has has shown themselves to be a pretty uh, disciplined team defensively so far. I mean, I don't think anyone is, if, if you're watching the NWSL, expecting these two teams to be fantastic right off the bat. Um, they've both already hit some losses thanks to Portland and OL Reign being in their group. That's to be expected. But I think it is good in terms of 
both of these teams playing each other to get something that's a little more on their level. And first match was honestly very entertaining. And so I think having this next one be on CBS is hopefully more of the same. Well, Meg, it's uh, I, I feel very prepared for this for this upcoming slate of games. Hopefully all the listeners out there do, too. If you want to know more about what happened in the past week, uh, of games, Meg and our uh, other women's soccer writer, Steph Young, who appears often on the show, have a NWSL recap column that got off to a rip roaring start this week. Uh, it'll be linked in the show notes uh, in the description, pretty much wherever you're listening. Uh, so go check that out. Meg, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. And, you know, just think good vibes and coffee for a lot of uh, late games over the next week. Done. Elsewhere in soccer news, Major League Soccer has fined the Portland Timbers $25,000 for failing to disclose domestic violence allegations against now former midfielder Andy Polo. The league employed an outside legal firm to conduct the investigation and released a five-page summary of its findings on Tuesday. You can read much more about that investigation and the findings at a story at The Athletic, which will be linked in the show's description pretty much wherever you're listening. Also, 27 of 32 teams have now qualified for this year's Men's World Cup. Of those remaining five, two will lock up spots from CONCACAF tonight, two will come from the Intercontinental Playoff, and one will come from the delayed European Playoff between Ukraine and Scotland, the winner of which will face Wales in June for that last spot. The countries that have qualified as of of this morning are, in order of qualification, Qatar, Germany, Denmark, Brazil, France, Belgium, Croatia, Spain, Serbia, England, Switzerland, Netherlands, Argentina, Iran, South Korea, Japan, Saudi Arabia, Ecuador, Uruguay, Canada, Ghana, Senegal, Portugal, Poland, Tunisia, Morocco, and Cameroon. Whew. Are you excited yet? I am excited. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can subscribe for $1 a month for six months by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thank you so much for listening, and happy soccer to you all.